We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's the best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio that you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. Hola, me llamo Dan Day. Hopefully you're having a good Tuesday. Look at the bright side. Tuesday, better than Monday. Give me a follow on Twitter, at Dan Day Radio. On Twitter, you can always step into the day spa. Just a little bit early, we will step in. In just a few minutes, we're also going to get into some Joe Rose show, talking football, football, football with Randy Cross. Dan Lebetard's show going to be joined by Zoo Miami's Ron McGill. Then my guys, Hawk and Crowder. Hawkman has his Mount Rushmore of wing flavors, kind of controversial. Once again, we'll touch on that in just a little bit. But right now, let's all rub up on some good headlines. Dolphins wideouts Devontae Parker and Albert Wilson are in concussion protocol while Miami prepares to play the three-and-a-half-point favorite Giants Sunday at 1 in New York. Bam Adebayo is probable while Goran Dragic and Justice Winslow are out for tonight's Heat home game against the Hawks. Tip is at 8. More accolades for the Heat following back-to-back triple-doubles. Jimmy Butler has been named Eastern Conference Player of the Week and ESPN's power rankings has Miami sixth, while the Bucks are in at number one. The Panthers look to extend their two-game win streak tonight at home against Tampa. Pre-game starts here on 560 The Joe at 7. Chaminade Madonna running back Thad Franklin has decommitted from the Canes. Miami prepares for Louisiana Tech in the Walk-On's Independence Bowl December 6th at 4 p.m. The Marlins signed former Yankees prospect Gosuke Kato to a minor league contract and also have shown interest in relief pitcher Sergio Romo. Couple of Champions League games of note. Chelsea over Lille, 2-1. Liverpool shut out FC Salzburg, 2-0, while Inter Milan loses to FC Barcelona, 2-1. And now, we will step into the day spa. Ah. Several pigeons wearing cowboy hats have begun to w- appear in Las Vegas areas. Well, those animal rights activists are looking for the persons responsible for the stunt. Hmm, who says the birds didn't put those hats on themselves? Two California Grinches have been arrested after being caught stealing presents from an orphanage. Ah, another feel-good holiday story. Sports Illustrated has named U.S. Women's National Team member Megan Rapinoe Sports Person of the Year. Yup. A Louisiana police horse recently delighted shoppers at a PetSmart when he decided just to go in and shop for himself. Can you imagine the cleanup on aisle two? Now on the weather, brought to you by Hylia Park. Tonight's forecast calls for a 40% chance of rain with temperatures in the mid-70s. Join Hylia Park for a free New Year's Eve party December 31st. Receive free party favors, enjoy drink specials, dance in the new year with live entertainment, and go home rich after winning your share of $20,020 in drawings. Visit HyliaPark.com for details. Joe Rose Show. They know what it's about. 
football, football, football this time of the year. So they had expert football analyst Randy Cross on this morning. What were they talking about? Well, having Joe Montana and Steve Young's hands in his crotch, maybe a Heisman surprise. What has happened with Tannehill and those penitentiary Patriots? CBS Sports Network college football analyst. He's going to be seen this week on Inside College Football, including Friday's Army-Navy preview show on CBS Sports Network, Army-Navy, Saturday, 3 p.m. on CBS. Randy, thanks for the time. We appreciate it. Good morning, Randy. No problem at all. Before we get into everything, because I haven't talked to you for a while, my guys love the story that you were the center for Joe Montana and Steve Young. I mean, that doesn't happen very often. One of the greatest handoffs from Hall of Fame quarterback to Hall of Fame quarterback of all time, if not the greatest. It was pretty amazing. It was pretty amazing, Joe. Plus, those were two some pretty some pretty competitive dudes. It wasn't quite that smooth. <laughs> <laughs> now, hey, listen, now I like the At story. least we got now them going to the like same the party now. At least they'll show up together sometime. So we're getting. We're we're getting closer, completely different personalities on those two guys. They're, they're better now, right, Randy, over the years? Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. I think it's uh, it's something that in the moment, as you've seen with several other examples of, of great players at positions yeah. in general, but specifically right. that position, they they don't love not playing. That's funny you said that because I just thought when you said that, a Favre and, and, and uh, the guy playing right now, Aaron Rodgers. Right, right. That wasn't exactly, dude. You're not helping me. No, I'm not helping you because you're friggin' trying to take my job. You just listen, to, listen in the meetings, jerky. That's it. Did you room with both of them, Randy, or no? You didn't room with both guys. No, no. I I, I knew Joe really, really well back in the the bad old days, a couple of years before we were, you know, we won the Super Bowl. But when Steve came in, Bill Wallace decided that he needed to be with a veteran. So during training camp and on the road, I roomed with Steve. That's unbelievable. Hey, by the way, the high. Heisman looks like a slam dunk to me. Do you feel that way with Joe Burrow, or do you, do you give any of the other three a shot? No, no, I, I I think it's Joe Burrow's. It was his to win or lose over the course of the last few weeks of the season, and boy, he did nothing but solidify his position. That's not to say any any of the other ones, you know, couldn't have couldn't have made their case. And I think you know, especially a guy like Chase Young made a pretty strong case, and after he came back from that two game suspension. But yeah, it's let's be realistic. It's a quarterback's award. It's not a defensive player's award. And it's no. not a running back's award. Maybe eventually we're going to see another running back win one, but it's all about the quarterback. Hey, uh, and just to follow up to that, I think he's clearly the number one overall pick, too. If you're right now at Cincinnati, they got to take him, don't they? I know Cincinnati's a little screwed up from time to time, but they have to take Joe Burrow, don't they? Randy, or is it too early for you? I guess so, Joe, but you know, nowadays being how things are, and remember, this is a coach's kid. He's got a pretty good eye, as does his father. Don't be too surprised if he tries to you know, assert any kind of influence as possible as to not want to end up somewhere that, you know, less than ideal. Because the last thing you want to do is go to one of these teams that just habitually lose and has no clues to how take it, how to take advantage of a, a quarterback's abilities. But something that's different about him is, you know, he's a, he's a drop-back style. He's an NFL-style quarterback. But, man, he gets around. You saw him against Georgia. Yeah. I thought the most impressive part about his moving was the fact that he was not only moving, he was pulling away from guys at times. And Georgia's a pretty strong D. Yeah, 
talking about a guy who carved up the SEC all year long, and how could he not be the best player in college football? Chase Young is just unbelievable when you watch him play, obviously. But Joe Burrow, if and listen, one of those ideal places could be down here in Miami. I wonder what the the, the we hope we're not that team Randy's talking about. No, like, I hope Cincinnati is the team yeah. that Randy's talking about, yeah. and Miami's one of those destination yeah. spots where he looks and sees what's yeah, happening. Yeah, whatever, whatever help, whatever helps you sleep at night. <laughs> right, I need it. Yes, it's gonna make me feel a lot better tonight, Randy. You haven't changed right. smart ass at all, right. boy. Right. All right, whatever. so Randy, here's here would be the situation. Let's say the Dolphins are picking three or four or somewhere around there. Cincinnati's at one. Cincinnati calls Miami and says, "Make me an offer." Miami has three first round picks. If Randy Cross, the GM, fantasy GM of the Miami Dolphins, got that phone call, would you give up your three first round picks to get Joe Burrow? Uh, it's going to cost you at least a couple for those spots. You got you got to think. I, I think he's one of those guys that doesn't come along that often. Of me course, too. next year got. Another a couple one. of guys potentially, right, right. you know, at least at least Trevor Lawrence, if not maybe Tua too. Yeah, I, you know, I think you give up a a first or so, maybe two. I don't think you give up the bank for that. Not when you have so many different needs on your team, and I mean, but the, you need a franchise quarterback. Yeah, but you you, you need yeah. offense alignment. You need pass rushers. You need cover corners. You you need everything. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, you no, keep I, going if you yeah want. I got. I I know this is not a popular opinion, but I don't know if you've been keeping up with current events, but you might have had one that you let go who's not playing too bad here recently either right. no like uh we haven't talked about it yet like every day randy right, right. no ryan Tannehill. <laughs> what uh what do you think about that is that more about fresh start being on a better team getting better coached how do you read in the ryan Tannehill thing and what's happened to him coming in no longer a first round pick the backup quarterback yeah you know i i think a lot of it is, is there's less pressure i think uh, a lot of it is also what you're surrounded with who you're coached by, the way you're used. There's a lot of things that go into it. You know, I think a lot of the times with coaches, it's got to do, I mean, with quarterbacks, it's got to do with the coach in the situation, and it's got a lot to do with the organization. If you have a strong organization that can that can really support, you know, a, a young quarterback and give him the things around him that he's going to need, and if you think you've got that in Miami now for a guy like Joe Burrow, then great, get at it. If yeah. you don't, you know, I think you might be spinning your wheels again. Well, we've done some spinning around here for a long, Lots long time. We've done yeah. a lot of Bill and uh, Bill Bell. Belichick and Tom Brady spinning I'm dizzy. around I'm dizzy here. Already, right? hey, hey, by the yeah. way, speaking of the Patriots, did you see the latest story and why oh, yeah. the advanced scout and for the Patriots and, and another violation of NFL policy? It's always the same team, Randy. All this stuff's always the same team. Why? Even if they're innocent and they, they didn't mean anything by this, it's always them. Yeah, it's it, it's crazy. It's like the, the serial cheater, the husband, that always gets caught with pictures and phone numbers <laughs> on his phone. Um, Damn it. Yeah, if there's one team you looked at and you'd say, well, they're never caught with anything having to do with videotaping. I'm curious to see what the league's reaction is going to be. Me too. I really am, and I think it'll be something that'll happen pretty fast. You know, it's 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 inexcusable. If you make this mistake again, you're, there's got to be some repercussions. Besides just a, like a million-dollar fine or $500,000 fine, which to Robert Kraft is is like you and I taking out a $10 bill or something, just not a big deal. Draft, I agree. Draft, draft, draft picks. picks. Draft yep. picks are the only thing that – that works. Yeah, take I, away that first. Why not? Yeah, take away that first round pick for New England. I don't happens. think they do that much, but they no, they have they to won't. do something to to get it. Hey, I wanted to ask you. We got another situation down here. Uh, Michael Dieter has been the starting left guard. 
last week he got benched, and, and he's been up and down as a player. How long does it take offensive line? We've seen guys, including a couple of Colts players last year, came right in, first and second round picks, and, and dominated. How long before you know if an offensive lineman, or is it everybody's different before they really figure it out, or if you figure out he can play at all? Well, everybody's got their own learning curve, uh, and and at that at that position, it's just a matter of at times, and it sounds funny to say about a guy that's you know 23 years old or so, but it's about maturity, and I mean physical and mental. And and the guys like Quentin Nelson, you mentioned the Colts; those guys are extremely rare. They might be more rare than the quarterback that immediately comes in and plays well. It's such a physical game, and it's such a there's so much that goes into it mentally when it comes to the line, comes to the line of scrimmage that you don't really know about. I think patience is number one, but I know I, I didn't really figure it out. And this is obviously the Stone Ages, but I, I didn't really figure it out till I got a chance my third year to go back to playing guard instead of center. Wow, um, that's interesting. That, that I really that it really matured and it really came along for me. And that was heck, 1979, and I was drafted in '76. Well, was that more just confidence, or or you just felt like, hey, man, I can play, I can block all these guys? Was it more of that, or you did something different, or or just being around? Well, you know, I think a lot of it is getting to know what it is you're doing, your techniques, and and having the experience and the reps. Playing offensive line, especially inside, pretty much full contact karate. And if you don't really know what you're doing, you can get slapped around slapped around pretty good. And I don't care how many All-American trophies you've got. It really doesn't matter because you've got a bunch of 30, 32-year-old guys that could care less about what you did in college. Right, right. That are all 333, 40. <laughs> right. Yeah, I know. Crazy. Yeah, yeah that, oh, there, oh, there. There's that, too. Right, right. Randy, thanks for your time as always. We always appreciate talking Randy, to you. thank you, buddy. My pleasure. Thank you, Joe. I love the insight Randy Cross just dropped on the Joe Rose Show. And Joe Rose, of course, caught Dan Marino's very first professional touchdown pass. So every day he brings it strong, not just for football, sports-wise, right here on 560 The Joe, weekdays from 6 to 10. Speaking of bringing it strong, following the Joe Rose Show, Dan Lebetard, he brought it real strong today. We're going to hear from him next, but first, it's a little taste of what he brought. What if I told you that one of college basketball's most decorated coaches, was born 400 years before the sport was first played. That he clearly chose basketball because it was indoors. That after several lustful centuries roaming the beyond, he finally found love on an Italian restaurant table (laughs) for 15 seconds. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. You don't want to miss it next on the Best of the Joe Show. Welcome back to the Best of the Joe Show. Running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I am Dan Day. Thank you for taking this journey with me. Always an exciting journey with the Dan Lebetard Show weekdays from 10 to 1 right here on 560 The Joe. I have to admit... They brought it strong earlier today, so I had to recap some of their strength with Zoo Miami's Ron McGill, everyone's favorite, the useless sound montage, and then we close things out with the Rick Patino 30 for 30. Brian, you're on ESPN Radio with Ron McGill. Go ahead, Brian. Hey, Ron, I just got Disney Plus and just, just got done watching Swiss Family Robinson. Two dogs attacked the tiger and made it run off. Are there any two breed of dogs that could really threaten a tiger or kill it? 
Well, it depends on the tiger. First of all, there's no dogs that are going to kill a tiger, that's for sure. But it's not to say that, a, that two dogs couldn't chase the tiger off. That's very, very possible. You've ever seen, well, look at just dogs in themselves. You ever seen like a little chihuahua chase off like a huge like German Shepherd or St. Bernard? It's all about the confidence and the character and the aggressiveness. If they initiate the aggressiveness, a lot of time the bigger animal doesn't know how big and powerful it is, and it's going to just run away just out of a natural instinct. So that's a very possible thing. Now, to say that two dogs are going to kill a tiger, absolutely not. Noah, you're on with Ron McGill of Zoo Miami. Go ahead, Noah. Hey, Ron. I was at the zoo the other week, and um, the girl I was with tried to get a little freaky in the seal cave. Um, I ran away because I heard kids coming. But I was just wondering, do you guys ever have that problem down in Miami with exhibitionist types trying to get a little freaky in the seal cave? Thanks. Okay, well, I'm going to say something that's probably, oh, I don't know, Dan, don't get nervous. But actually, it was raining here one day, and I was going through the uh, zoo, because I like to go through the zoo, and kind of the people are gone. And I actually, uh, yes, caught people not only being freaky in a secluded area of the zoo, but filming it, I guess, for some of that amateur stuff on those other websites. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was pretty. Uh, and then the zoo people didn't believe me. So that, and I'm not making this up. I swear I'm not making this up. So I said, no, I know they were filming this for one of those sites. So then I started to just kind of Google, like, you know, Beauty and the Beast and stuff like that, you know, zoo, zoo set, you know, all kinds of stuff. Wow. People are thinking, I, I know, I know, because yeah. right, people are thinking I'm just trying to look at porn sites. It's not the case. I wanted to prove to them. But listen, to make a long story short, I found it. And I said, here, here it is, you see, because they ran off. As soon as I caught them, they ran off and I couldn't, I couldn't stop them. And then people thought I was making this stuff up, but there it was. These people doing the freaky freak in the zoo with obvious zoo exhibit behind them on a porn site. What's the name of the site? How long did you spend with your phone out videotaping them? I was not videotaping them, Dan. I was trying to stop them from doing what they were doing. Taylor, you're on with Ron McGill of Zoo Miami. Taylor, you're on with Ron McGill. Go ahead, Taylor. Hey, Ron, are some like animals in the same species naturally smarter than others? Like Bill Gates, you know, was born smarter than Stu Gatz, for example. It's a good question. And it's absolutely true. Yes. Some animals are definitely more intelligent than others. Depends on how they were raised. Depends on the genes that were passed down through their line. But there's certainly animals that are much more intelligent than others. You can see that just in breeds of dogs. Ron, I had a situation yesterday with a turtle. There was a turtle right outside my front door. Now, I didn't see it. My daughters got home. I was out on the golf course. They called me, said, Daddy, come get the turtle. It looks very dry. Pick it up. Put it in the water like everyone does that. And so I'm wondering, does everyone do that? Because I maintain you should know what kind of turtle it is. And if it's a snapper turtle, you don't just pick that up and throw it back into the water. Was I right? You know, Stu Gatz, for once in your life, you're absolutely correct. But for a couple... For a couple of reasons. First of all, yes, most turtles can give you a very bad bite. Not just a snapping turtle. Soft shells are one of the most notorious. They, their, their heads will sling out like a slingshot and bite you in a way that you never thought could happen. Take your finger off. Uh, snapping turtles the same way. But more importantly, a lot of turtles are not aquatic turtles. It might have been a gopher tortoise. It might have been a box turtle. These are terrestrial animals. And you throw them in the water, they could drown. So you need to know what you're handling first. My best advice is, listen, get a hold of somebody who knows what they're doing. Don't just try to pick up wildlife. It's always not a good idea. Good advice. I went across the street. My neighbor took care of it. On Thanksgiving, I'm, I'm watching the National Dog Show uh, in, in, in the background of my TV. And I, ha I have to say, I'm a little uneasy about the idea of turning dogs into 
really professional competitors. And, and I'm wondering what you think of dog shows. Yeah, I'm not really fond of them, you know, and I'm being a little hypocritical because I kind of like watching how they these different breeds have evolved and the different looks of the different breeds and how these trainers go out there and brush them like they're going to some major beauty parlor, the amount of money put into it. But at the end of the day, I think a dog should be more of a companion, not a showpiece. Uh, it should be, uh, you know, something that enjoys the family life, you know, unless you're talking about, of course, a police dog that's working but then hopefully retires in the family life. But this whole thing about putting them through the beauty parlor and making them do their little step standing to be judged like that i think is is really putting the wrong value on what a dog is jackson you're on espn radio with ron mcgill of zoo miami go ahead jackson hey ron shout out kidney county zoo um so i was hanging out with a dock where i live and a pigeon was floating in the water and it looked pretty it was like gonna die so i saved it and i put it where a place where i couldn't go back in the water and then the next morning i woke up and there was a pool of blood where the pigeon was staying so I was thinking, what should I do next time where this pigeon wouldn't get eaten or die? You know, this is going to sound a little bit heartless, and I don't mean it to come off that way. But at the end of the day, I always try to let nature take its course. I mean, I understand that, you know, you want to help that pigeon, you're taking it out, and at the end of the day, it looks like it didn't make it. But there's usually a reason why an animal, unless you're willing to take it to a veterinarian to find out why it may be in the predicament it's in, if it's just a matter of moving it from one place to another, unless it's a bird that's fallen out of a nest and you want to put it back in the nest, I generally look at adult animals that are in a sick or a compromised uh, condition to let nature take its course. Um, it's just the way of nature selects the healthiest, you know, survival of the fittest, trying to make sure that that good gene is passed on to the next generation. I know it sounds heartless, but at the end of the day, it really is the best way to keep the healthiest populations alive. You can't say you saved the pigeon if the pigeon died, pal. Uh, seriously. Uh, no, no, but he, he tried. His, uh, no, let, Ron, listen, no, listen, in my he personal tried. record book, he killed the pigeon. Wow, Stu got you know something? God bless America. Kyle, you're on ESPN Radio. God bless America, Kyle. Uh, what do you got? Ron, my man. So I was wondering, do crows hunt live prey, or are they kind of scavengers? Because I saw three crows surrounding a squirrel, and they were all kind of just hopping around him, seeming like they were going to take him out. So I wasn't sure if that was something that happens or not. That's a good question. They will eat live prey like lizards, uh, large insects, things like that occasionally. But the situation you saw with the squirrel was basically mobbing the squirrel. Uh, they may have looked at the squirrel as a threat. They may have been nesting nearby. Uh, they just may have had, you know, a, a, a group of them nearby, and they look at the squirrel as a threat. So they mobbed the squirrel to kind of get them to get out of the way. Uh, they, they will never prey on something the size of a squirrel or even, you know, a full adult mouse or rat for that matter. But they will take lizards. They will take small mice, you know, newborn mice, things like that. They will take uh, sometimes even small birds. So crows are opportunistic feeders um, that will feed on a wide variety of things from, you know, dog food to, to, to fruits. I mean, it depends on what you give them. They're, again, opportunistic feeders, but they're not going to hunt to eat something the size of a squirrel. We've got the useless sound montage next, but before we get to that, Ron McGill is going to give us play-by-play, as he does every week, of a video for the television audience on ESPN News. But this is also something that is funny, usually, to the listeners. Well, go ahead, Ron. Give us the play-by-play. Okay, we got the video. I hit the play. Here he goes. Oh, it's a big rat walking along a fence line. Ooh, wow. It looks kind of wild. Oh, there's three cats looking at it. Uh-oh. This is going to be this is going to be a confrontation. You can see it. Because this rat's weird, though. He's like, oh, the cat, but the cat jumps up in here. He, the, 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 the rat, he's behind the, the plants. I can't see him really well. But the, the cat's still looking at him. Did they get him? I don't know. I don't see him. Oh, no. no the, the rat comes after, oh, goes after the other two cats, too. The cats are jumping up in the air. This rat's got major testicles. He's oh, going up the cat. The flips. Holy jeez, the cats run away. The, the rat wins. 
See, that's what I talk about, aggression. You see what I was telling you about? I told you. Like, you talked about the dogs and the tiger, right? Is it possible that a dog could just say, yes, if you got big enough, you know, testicles, you got backbone, you can do that. Look what that rat did. Took out three cats, ran away. God, I hope you guys have a wonderful week. I'm now for Guillermo's <laughs> useless sound montage. Jokes. This is a rough night for the Seahawks tonight. We did not do what we had planned to do at all. I thought it was a really good night for the Rams. <laughs> they did a lot of stuff that they wanted to do. Denver played well. Uh, we didn't play well enough. We had a chance to win, right? And so did they. <laughs> Unfortunately, they, they were the ones who came out on top today. Different situations are different for different people. Circumstances don't create character. They reveal it. That's uh, why you practice and play is to go out there and compete on Sundays. Really, steady improvement comes from focusing on incremental steady improvement. So that's what we've been <laughs> preaching. I see how they practice. Unfortunately, we didn't carry the practice work to the game. They're a great team. I feel like we're a great team. So this was like a this is like a heavyweight boxing match. He just did a really good job of managing his emotions in the midst of tough circumstances and being prudent yet aggressive. We do have some some fight to us and some, I'm not going to say the bad words, some stuff in our neck. Uh, for me, I, I try not to look at that stuff. I just try to look at each week. So right now for us, it's about next week, and that's the biggest thing for us. You know, I, I don't know what his status is, so um, I'm just going to take it one week at a time. I think you just go out and play each play as its own entity and uh, play each drive, play each game as its own entity, and then don't think about any. Any consequences of anything, just play and have fun. We have to understand this is just one of 16, and those 16 individual games are precious. Well, we just got to go out and try to play better and try to win, you know, next week's game. We're on a prove-it basis, okay? We're day-to-day, okay, as you well know, okay? We're week-to-week, so I'll never say never, okay? You're only as good as your last game. This team is focused on right now. And that's the only thing that matters. I mean, we've been doing a good job at taking it one one week at a time, one game at a time. There's a lot of season left. Where we're trying to go, a lot more season left, a lot more things to do. Everything's still out in front of us. we got to play one game at a time and just get better, <laughs> see the film, figure out how we can get better as a collective group. And that's really the bottom line. These are short-lived, and we understand it's plenty of season left, so we got to really bear down. you got to come to work every day, prepare the right way, and go play the right way. They do an excellent job handing the ball to that beast. I mean, I'm in the NFL. I've been in the NFL a long time. I know I know what the NFL is about. We love this game. It's the game of football. And we chose to play football or coach football. At different times, we played fine. For most of the game, we didn't play well enough. Uh, nobody's looking past this day, this moment, this time, and we can't. We're just singly focused on Buffalo. That's probably why we're here. We just got to continue focusing focus on getting better, staying hungry, coming closer together as a team and family, and doing the things that are allowing us to be successful. But that's staying humble and staying hungry and, and keep getting better each week. You know, a little too, a little too late. First half, yeah. they, they got us. But the second half, they got us too. I thought we were all of a sudden <laughs> resting on laurels that we don't have. We don't have any laurels to rest on. I've been around a long time, seen a lot and heard a lot. And that stuff means absolutely nothing once the game starts. It really doesn't. Whatever happens is going to happen. I think we lost a close game to a good football team. If we could play a little bit better, I think we could win. We're the nicest team in the league. We like to spot people 10 or 4, 15. This was 17. You know, just spot them 17 points and then come back and beat them. Makes them more fun. It's NFL football. I mean, every week is different. And that's that. Just got to give that to the drum board. They're a good team. We didn't play good. And they beat us. Um, those other games that we played, and we played good, and we won. You know, so maybe we'll try to play good more and play bad less. <laughs> I'm sorry, Billy. I'm sorry that you have to endure that every week, one game at a time. How do those guys not get bored? 
just saying the same thing all the time. It feels like they go to class being taught how to say nothing and say the exact same thing. Because everybody's just saying the same thing. You don't have to go to class. When you got it, you got it, man. I mean, that's it. Things you say. I truly believe they cover this in the Rookie Symposium. Yeah. From earlier, Dick Vitale went to Twitter and said the New York Knicks brass should not waste time. The one guy who can bring bring back Pride to the Knicks is Rick Patino. Rick Patino, say what you want. He can flat out teach, motivate, and win. Say what you want. He can flat out teach, motivate, and win. What was Rick Patino's record in the NBA? What was his, what, did he win more games than he, did he flat out win more games than he lost in the NBA? Wasn't he like 30 or 40 games under 500? Regardless, we have a 30 for 30 to celebrate. All things Rick Patino here. What do you have, Stugat? One ninety two and two twenty. One ninety two and two twenty. Thirty games under five hundred. He could flat out teach, motivate, and win forty eight percent of the time. Let's hear what you've got there, Mike, on a thirty for thirty involving Rick Patino. What if I told you that one of college basketball's most decorated coaches was born four hundred years before the sport was first played? That he clearly chose basketball because it was indoors. That after several lustful centuries roaming the beyond, he finally found love on an Italian restaurant table for 15 seconds. That he could have gone for a second course and still had time left on the shot clock. That he expected accountability from everyone around him but he himself was incapable of looking in the mirror literally <laughs> that the opponent he feared the most is Holy Cross that up until this point the only thing that stuck to him were a few crumbs from that restaurant floor <laughs> that this whole time he's been coaching 90 minutes away from Transylvania University. That he's not too worried about his latest scandal because if he sits out the next few hundred seasons, the right job will become available. (laughs) That Van Helsing isn't walking through that door. That UMass (laughs) might need a coach... (laughs) But Minuteman would be giving him too much credit. That the FBI put the final nail in the coffin. (laughs) ESPN Films presents the greatest example of time healing all wounds, except, of course, for a stake to the heart. (laughs) I don't think even if he lives forever, he'll ever live long enough for the Knicks to be good. Told you Dan Lebetard brought it strong. So did Huckman and Crowder. We'll hear from them next on the Best of the Joe Show. Come on, man. The Best of the Joe Show, running back some of the best audio you've heard on this radio station over the past 24 hours. I'm Dan Day, and let's get to it. Huckman, Crowder, Wing Flavors. Enjoy. 20 years ago today, the Green Mile was released. That's my joint, baby. I mean, it's probably an all-time top 10 movie, right? Tied. Boss, dog tied. Dog tied. John Coffey. John Coffey and Officer Coffey. And Officer Coffey. My two favorite characters of all time. 
And Mount Sam, Rushmore and, and, of coffees. And Samuel L. Jackson in uh, Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Those are my three. Mount Rushmore of coffees. There's John Coffee. Officer Coffee. Officer Coffee. You think you talk. <laughs> Caribou Coffee is delicious. I, really? In the, in the pod? Oh, goodness. Over uh, Starbucks? I'll tell you one thing. I got cheap and bought some Folger Pods. <laughs> Good grief. That's you, sawdust. You can tell that. I'm telling you because they, they can make the... Uh, the pod boxes on on like the Keurig machines, any company, these are like Chamber of Commerce um, brochures. Because when I used to do radio out in Bell Glade, if you ever stop by the Bell Glade Chamber of Commerce and thumb through their own Chamber of Commerce brochures, you'd think it was the next Myrtle Beach. Yes, <laughs> you know what I mean. You you look at it; it looks like a vacation uh, heaven. That Folgers got me, man. Had a little mountain in the background. Had a guy sitting there with his legs up drinking coffee. I was like, this is me. I want to be him. And then they put sawdust in the pod. My kids even said it. In the car, they're like, Daddy, that smells funny. I said, it tastes funny too, son. Anyway, 20 years ago today, the Green Mile was released. And uh, that is a uh, a classic, classic movie. He pulled that poison out of his crotch. He pulled the poison. Uh, Tom Hanks was mm-hmm. suffering from a... a um, I don't know. What was, it? what was that? Like, I guess a urinary tract infection or a... A kidney stone, probably. A, I think it, was, it had to be a stone because he, like, the pain was overwhelming. Yeah, and his stream was very off. Stream, right? So it was a stone. Yeah. It was blockage. His stream was garbage. Yeah, it was, bloop. yeah. Bloop. I'm, bloop. Pr- I'm bloop. proud of my stream. John Coffey took a uh, took a hold of that, sucked out the poison. <laughs> I know, man. He was saving lives. Speaking of, uh, they killed him with they love. Speaking of coffee, I don't know if you know this about me. I have a slight personality flaw that I like to annoy people at times. Have you noticed that? I, I don't know if you've ever noticed that. About a week ago. You notice that, Solana, that every now and then I like to just kind of jab and annoy? I hate you. Uh-huh. So <laughs> last night uh, I'm on Twitter, and uh, we didn't end up betting the Eagles-Giants game, and I wanted to bet the Giants. You remember? It was Giants plus yeah. nine, and, and you kept saying, well, why? Why? And I had no reason, and it would have covered, but so I'm watching the game, and it's entertaining enough, but then I decide I'm going to wade into some Twitter discussion just to annoy people. And I waded in. <laughs> it's like the the way I picture it, I'm on a beach. I'm wearing Bermuda shorts and a Gilligan's hat. I've got like one of those metal detectors. My man boobs are out. And there's all kinds of action over there that I don't belong in. And I'm just like, you know what? I can go swim over there a little bit. <laughs> And so and you went. I get into this. I What was it? Do you remember what it was about? How I originally got into? Oh, I know. It was Alf. Alf from the, the Five on the Floor podcast. Hooters. Our prez. Who, by the way, it's all about wings. And you said you see him at Hooters. Hooters and then, Alf. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he didn't want to be associated with you anymore. <laughs> he was tweeting that. Anyone that orders wings, honey barbecue, is a child. Now, I like that argument only because I say that about sprinkles. I like, that's that's one of my great joys in life is saying, if you do this, you're a child. It's fun. Uh, try it at home if you haven't tried it. Don't so do it because you like your marriage. Don't do so it. So he tweets out, anyone that orders honey barbecue wings is a child. And the old producer, Tito Bonach, weighs in. No, that's a it's a great flavor, whatever. So then I weigh in. 
honey barbecue wings is on the Mount Rushmore of wing flavors. So then, of course, it comes back to me now. A bunch of people are interested. What is your Mount Rushmore of wing flavors? And what I tweeted, what I tweeted was honey barbecue. Started out, huh? Honey barbecue. I forget what I tweeted, but I know the last two. That's called a troll. The last two <laughs> were medium and mild. <laughs> Come on, man. Mild is butter. Right. So I so I so now I have staked my claim on Twitter that mild is a Mount Rushmore flavor of wings. Well, you can imagine what the response is, right? I'm mad and I know you're mad right. with people. The response I mean, this is seething anger. And someone it, it may have been your friend Giancarlo, isn't that your friend? Solana. It, yeah, Giancarlo Navas. Yeah, it may have been him. My friend, are we using that loosely? He says uh, something <laughs> something along the lines of if you're going to eat wings mild, you're a child, or, or something along those lines where it need, you know, Sedona weighs in. No, no, no. Lemon and pepper is the way to go. Mm-hmm. So now I ta- I came up with a brilliant argument. I go, listen, some people don't really like coffee. They say they like coffee. They need to put a whole bunch of stuff in it, and it ain't coffee. I go, not everyone's cut out for black coffee. Not everyone's cut out for mild wings. That's a good argument. And I made the analogy that mild wings are equivalent to black coffee because you're not adding, you're, you're taking it in its natural state. Well, heads were exploding. But I got to thinking about it this morning. Had I really had my troll game up to snuff, had I been able to do Mount Rushmore's the way I used to back in the day, my Mount Rushmore of wing flavors would have been honey barbecue, mild, medium, and boneless. <laughs> I'd have dove on you. Boneless, boneless. Because it's not a flavor. A damn chicken it's nugget. funny. So I am <laughs> sticking with that. So those of you that are listening now, you're in on today's secret. The secret is my Mount Rushmore all day today is going to be the Mount Rushmore of wing flavors is honey barbecue, mild, medium, and boneless. And I am going to stick to that whether we're talking to Doug Plagans or John Clayton from the Washington Post or Blaine the Hitman Bishop from the Tennessee Titans. I am maintaining the Mount Rushmore of wing flavors. Honey barbecue, mild, medium, and boneless. Don't involve me when you cuss him out. Cuss him out by himself. Our secret loco hour. It's our our secret loco hour. We're having a small separation today. We're not getting divorced. We're just going to live in two different houses for a little while. You want to give us headlines there, Solana? The Eagles improved to 6-7. and seven. They beat the New York Giants and Eli Manning, who are now 2-11 and 11 in overtime, 23-17. to 17. Yeah, I did watch the entire game, and I was entertained by it, and the Giants <laughs> you know outplayed what? him for three quarters. I'll tell you this. Is a close game always a good game? Because I didn't enjoy that football last night. Okay, that's that's a fair point. It wasn't a good game. It was a close game. It was a close game. You're right. There's yes. a delineation between the two. It was not a good game. That was bad football. It was bad football, and I think, was everybody rooting for Eli? I know Dolphins fans, we want wins for the Giants, but was everybody kind of rooting for Eli to bring him down the field and win at yes. the end? Like, that would have been a great story. And it was the opposite. Unfortunately, he was Eli Manning. <laughs> Oh, you want to hear something else that I find interesting? Our friend Rob Pizzola tweeted this out. I didn't know this. He says, I didn't see this till this morning. But Eli Manning is now 116 and 117 in his NFL career. LOL. 
I understand that football is a team game, but this guy shouldn't even be considered for the Hall of Fame, let alone go in. 5.92 career. What's any slash A? With net yard, one, net yards per attempt. With like one that. of sixteen seasons above seven net yards per. He says, "Give me a break." Well, right? it, NFL, he has a Super Bowl MVP, two-time Super Bowl champion, two-time Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP, but a losing NFL record. He's like top ten, and I think passing yards, also touchdowns and completions. They showed is the he, graphic Is he yesterday. a Hall of Fame quarterback? Yes. He is. Just based on two Super Bowl rings? I think if you're in the top ten in those categories, you also deserve to be in the conversation. So if Phillip Rivers is up there, too, is he yeah. a Hall of Famer? Yeah, he is. I, I'm torn on Eli. Eli's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. If uh, Who's the guy that caught the pass in that New England game? The, the head, um, David. I say David Tyree. David Is Tyree. it David Tyree? Yes. I mean, if that doesn't happen, he has one less ring. If that catch doesn't happen, there's not a conversation about P. And I that mean, didn't happen because it was a great pass. But, I mean, regardless, it did happen. So, is he a Hall of Fame quarterback? Yes. Is he making it to the Hall of Fame? I think yes. First ballot, no, but he will make it. He will be a Hall of Fame yeah. quarterback. I find it interesting. He's got a I'll tell you one record. thing. If he makes it before Zach Thomas, I'm going to slap Roger Goodell and the big dude that comes to your door when they give you the Hall of Fame. There are a lot of people that will make the case against Zach Thomas. I see Crazy. it every time people start tweeting, yourself included, why Zach Thomas should be there and how equivalent his numbers are to Brian Urlacher. And there are a lot of people that make the case. Nope, does not belong there. A racist. I agreed. Huh? What else you got? Can you please slap Roger Goodell? Because that would take this show to new heights. Yeah, so, that would. That would go viral. If I catch Roger Goodell in the elevator and nobody around, no cameras, I'd slap him and lie. Now, listen, uh, everybody knows, Solange included, uh, there's elevators in the uh, – there's cameras in the elevator. So don't don't make it an elevator. She wasn't very efficient with her kicks, though. Jay-Z was fine. <laughs> I'd be way more efficient in the elevator than Solange. What else you got? As long as there's no lake around. <laughs> oh, you starting that today? there you go. Oh, all, all right. right. 208, huh? How about that? A little quick jab that you didn't see coming. Heat 17 and 6. They host the Atlanta Hawks tonight, 6 and 17, as the Hawks come into Miami. That's at 8 p.m. I want to stress that start time. Not 7.30, but 8 p.m. tonight. Heat, nine-point favorites at home, but no Justice Winslow, no Goran Dragic. Bam Adebayo is right now probable. And today, Dion Waiters, he turns 28. Spose gift to him on his birthday. He's questionable. All right, there you go. And the, the Heat uh, tweeted out, happy birthday, Dion Waiters, and Instagrammed, and uh, it's a big celebration down on Biscayne Boulevard. This, hell with his birthday. But wouldn't this be the time for him to start? We talked Both about your- this. Yesterday, I mean, he's around. not. He's not playing. I just, I, I think he, I, I don't. I don't think they care. I, you know what this is? This is Bill Belichick with Malcolm Butler. Yeah. Like, hey, sorry. Like, we've made our decision on this one. Don't care how many times you go back and second guess. And, and it ain't changing. This is how we feel about uh, Deion Waiters. Malcolm Butler won you a Super Bowl, though. Deion Waiters did nothing for you except for one, what, 35 game? One 35 yeah. game stretch. Which actually, well? which actually ended up uh, <laughs> holding your organization hostage for three seasons. That 30 and 11? <laughs> The worst this. thing that ever happened. Killed this franchise. How do you like this person's Mount Rushmore wings on uh, on the text machine? Honey barbecue, lemon pepper, spicy hot chicken squares. No, that's not a wing. <laughs> right, what, else, what else you got? And honey barbecue's not on it. 
Honey barbecue is good with though. the boneless. Now you throw me all off. No, but honey barbecue is a good that uh, not flavor. The best ever. Yeah, yeah I think it is. Honey barbecue. Yeah. There's uh, hockey tonight. The Florida Panthers host the Tampa Bay Lightning. That's at 7 p.m. from the BB&T Center. The Panthers right now second in the Atlantic Division. And it's Nacho Tot Tuesday at the BB&T Center tonight. They are good. What else you got, Solana? Inter Miami CF is in talks to acquire Club America and Colombia international attacker Roger Martinez. Mm, yes, we got Rod from Club America. We got big Rod. Yeah, Jack. Bill Belichick denied any involvement with the videographer who was caught taping the Bengals' sideline during their game against Cleveland on Sunday. No Bengals is, huh? You got to love the Bengals. Solana's my guy, though, so just kind of trying to give him a little bit of a hard time. Doug Plagan's also my guy. He's going to be on the call of the Panthers versus the Lightning next. Keep it tuned for that. This is the best of the Joe show. Later, slug. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.